Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. communities here in Nova Scotia and about 1.2 million people who will be identified with the African um, nation kind of in Canada. I came in to Divinity College for the first time. It was in November 2018. I wouldn't know what I should call it, whether it's the beginning of winter, because they were telling me then that it's still like summer. (laughs) (laughs) On a Thursday, I showed up at the Divinity College. And uh, Thursday has always been a special day for me. I don't know something about Thursday. I gave my heart to Jesus on a Thursday in an evening revival. Since that day, everything has been different. So I appeared at Shona's office. And... um, let me tell you, if you ask me to summarize my feeling on that day, I would say there are two things. Number one, it was fearful. Number two, it was painful. I walked through the cold, and I thought it was cold. It was <laughs> my nose, my ears, my fingers were asking me, why did you come to this place? <laughs> my vision was really different because of the exposure to the cold. And when I got into Shona's office, she looked at me, and I'm going to come back to that later, but she gave me some kind of excitement that will change everything. She asked my name, and I responded, and she said, we've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. A year down the road, she asked me and said, how are you dealing with this winter? <laughs> and I said, the love in this college is stronger than the cold. Mm-hmm. The feeling of being welcomed that day made a huge difference. But I'm connecting today with my ancestors who came and they were not enjoyed that experience. Mm -hmm. I dressed in the best way I could and I thought that I had put in every single thing that I could put on myself so that I wouldn't be exposed to the cold. But my pain, the cold went deep into my bone and I cried because it was painful. I connect with all of them who were able to make it true. And I'm today telling my professors here, I am celebrating you. When I was living in my last semester, 
I was in some classes and I said, I'm going to be doing this thing and it's going to be my assignment for the rest of my life. Dr. Wooden said, read the Bible from your own cultural point of view. And I took the Bible again and I'm reading it from my own culture. I saw the culture that I am in here and I realized that I need to actually bring the lenses of these two and then celebrate my own kind of life as I connect with the people that God has sent me to. In the passage that we read today, and I'm going to be telling you some of the things that you had from the class. I, I got all this from my professors. This is Jesus Christ. He traveled on a longer route in order to meet this woman, and he met her in a public space. And I was reading it, and I said that was the point of him coming down. He always traveled, no matter the distance, in order to meet someone who is in need. Jesus crossed the boundaries that were defined by the traditions and the communities of the time, and he took every important time to make sure that he broke them down. He met a woman who was alone. He was isolated in her world. He crossed the boundaries of race, a Jewish talking to a Samaritan. He crossed the boundary of sex, a male talking to a female. He crossed the boundary of religion, the holy one talking to the simple one, and he crossed the boundary of tradition, an unmarried man talking to a married woman in a male-dominated culture, a female oppressive environment, holding a mutual, respectful conversation with someone who needs some help. It was respectful, it was mutual. John wrote so we could understand if we are going to, and I read it for myself as a minister, and I communicate to you and to those of us who are hearing today as ministers, if we are going to make a difference, three things that the Lord did in the life of this woman, and which must be done to anyone who is going through whatever experience we are talking about. And most importantly, even the experience that is uniquely associated with the African Nova Scotians. Three things. Number one, she met her where she was. She gave her sustenance. Number two, and she gave her her voice back. Number three, these are very important things that ministers of God must do. Particularly when it comes to issues of injustice, and when we champion the causes of those who are marginalized and those who have lost their voices. It is not a project. John tells us, Jesus' interaction with the women of Samaria shows us how to help those who are fearful and lonely so that they can find recovery in a lost world. It says, if reconciliation focuses on nothing else, but this Christ-centered formula, it becomes a project, and it's not going to bring the healing that is actually necessary. People can be empowered to take up the lead of their jazz, and they can be actually encouraged to leave the jar at the feet of Jesus Christ so that the fountain of the living water can flow unending. As I listened to you, brother, and we sing that song, and you said, I am sorry 
I have made it about me, but it's not supposed to be about me. It's about you, Jesus Christ. Blessing brothers and sisters, I come to you with every humility today to say this. We are dealing with people who are seeking a new way of being, who are searching for God, no matter how it is manifest to us. The Samaritan woman is a woman who experienced human conditions of travail. If she had met none other than Jesus, the situation and the story would have been different. Let me begin by saying, this is what the Lord tells us. I mean, John tells us Jesus was doing. John began by introducing a woman who met Jesus under the cover of the day. Uh, this is John's way of saying she was a woman with a history. She was a woman with a past. We will expect that people will hide under the cover of the night. But the condition of this woman is worse than, the pop, than, than hiding under darkness. Darkness could not even hide her. To go to that well at night is to reinforce the name that she was called, a name that had brought her of every sense of humanity. So she came at noontime when there was no one at the well, but she came in the company of Hajar. She and Hajar. The supply from that jar will give her just a momentary comfort. It will not heal her. It will not take away her pain. Wow. It won't take away her shame, her discomfort, feeling of betrayal, even her core sense of love will only be met momentarily by the kind of context that comes from that jar. But healing will only happen if the lead of that jar is taken out and she left it at the feet of Jesus Christ. This was the healing that Jesus wanted to give to him and her, and he had to travel all the way through that longer distance. Jesus will cross every barrier to heal anyone. Jesus did the unbelievable, talking to a woman in a public space, even in the light of the day. Ministers, men, and women of God must put their work at the risk of the society. I say, I wouldn't want to, I don't give it, I don't give it down. That if we put it that way, if they fire me, just because I really wanted to make sure that somebody comes to Christ and that person finds a complete healing that is looking. I, 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 I minister at New Beginnings uh, Church. And when I got onto this particular position, the Lord told me something. Because I was really lost. It seems that what I've learned with Acadia Divinity College has really not been enough as I taught. I met people who were deeply in pain. People who had been hurt and they had lost almost everything. They loved the Lord with everything that they had. And they found at the feet of the cross everything is taken away from them. I said, God, how do I minister to these people? And the Lord replied me, 
tell them your story. I said, if I tell them your story, no single one of them will remain in the church next week. <laughs> Nobody wants to have anything to do with this guy. I was a bad guy until I met Jesus Christ. So I told them your story. I told them my story and I continued to tell them and they continued to come. We started as about 47. Today we are more than 200. Jesus reminds us that the meaning of a weary soul can work out some spectacular miracle if we are authentic, if we are very real in connecting with the pain that is out there with our people. Jesus Christ ministers unto this woman, reminding us what the Lord told Moses when he was going to Egypt. Moses asked and said, what name will I say is the name of the one that is sending me? He said, tell them, I am that I am. Saying that I am the God who is with you in your slavery. I will be your God and I will be enslaved people within that context. Moses went in there and said, God has sent me. And they began to see God in their own humanity. The end of the story, God told them and brought them out. But remember one thing, before they were coming out, the Lord told them, connect with the people who had oppressed you. Because I am not building a divided world, I'm taking you out so that you can become a minister even to those who had oppressed you. Listen to the same story happening here. When this woman went the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman was not opening up. She was wondering, why would you ask for water from the Samaritan? To this question, the Lord responded, not until the lead of the judge removed, the space for the fountain of life will continue to escape you. I am the only one who can give you that fountain. And except you come to understand that your world is not going to move on when it continues in the day and the then kind of uh, trajectory, you will not find that mountain. At that fountain, John now told us and said, Jesus moved on to the boundary that is beyond the day and the then. And he did something invited this woman into a sacred place and she said i could do something in your life that you never had dreamt of the first space is the it is the invitation to the deep heart that she had experienced in her life and the sacred space which was the second place was bring that heart onto the space of the divine so that you can find healing in the first invitation, the Lord asked her about her husband. This question provoked in her a sense of unworthiness. Before she dwelt too long on this, the Lord gave her the second invitation. She invited her to worship. How can an unworthy person be allowed in the place of worship? This woman wondered. And the Lord responded and said, They that worship God from now on, they will worship in his spirit and in truth. It is no longer going to be, no longer going to be where you come from, what you have done, how good you are. It is going to be the worship in truth. It's not in Jerusalem, 
It's not worship from the balcony. It is not going to be in Judea. Not from the outer court of the temple. It is not as the order. Jesus assured her, you are welcome. You are welcome to become a part of the group of God's children. A little wonder the woman said, this must be the Messiah. Only the compassionate heart of God draws no divide. Am I in the presence of God of creation, knowing that the longing of creation is a longing for God and is a longing for salvation? The heart of every minister of God must never draw any divide. If the ministry of reconciliation is going to be successful, we must move beyond all of this divide. Look at the way that this narrative ended. Very impressive kind of ideas that John is given to us. He told us that a woman's encounter with Jesus Christ was not to erase her past or her history, but that her past and her history will become the story of redemption. And Jesus himself lived it. When he came back, right even from the grave, he went to his disciples and he said, do you believe that I am he? And he said, I don't understand. He said, look at the scar. Look at the scar. The scar will always remain, but the scar becomes the story of redemption. If we are going to understand the law of God, we go to the cross. The story of each of us must be told from the point of redemption. If it lacks this Christ-centric kind of goal, we are just going to be playing or working on projects. We are not given the salvation, the redemption, the healing that God wanted us to give to God's people. We know at the end what happened. This is the end of the story. This woman found wholeness. She found healing. She found support. And at the point of a communication with the Messiah, she got to this understanding. It is time. The jar needed to stay at the feet of Christ. The lead has to be taken up. She went back to the community that had hated her so much. <laughs> and she went no longer with the company of the jar. She went all alone. I love the way the scripture said it. She called everyone, including those who had made her life so mysterious, including those who had made her to lose her humanity. She got her voice back and she gave it back to her community. Building God's own creation. I told you the story as I entered into Shona's office at the very beginning. Shona later asked me and said, in one year later, how are you coping with the cold? I remember how I answered. She said, the first day that you came to my office, I was so terrified I almost ran out of the office. Because the only thing that I could see was your eyes. And every other thing was covered. And I said, I thank you, my sister, that you have taken that understanding and you dealt with what is different with such love. I said, you made everything different. From that day, I knew if I'm going to graduate right on time, 
I know where to run to. <laughs> every year I will go to Shona and I will say, could you please make sure that I take every required class so I can graduate in record time. <laughs> the only thing that always made me to think maybe I would not make it was Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> but I found so much help, I eventually admit I come back to you, Divinity College. If there is anything you will tell me that I have taken from this particular college, it is how to preach the gospel and how to understand the concept of justice. But I appeal to everyone, let us do this from the way Jesus Christ did. It is not a project. We are not dealing with people as if they are projects. This is the cause of Christ. This is the mission of redemption. It is about a past that is important to a people. And for those people who are eventually part of this subject, we must all understand our God is moving on and our God is building his own kingdom. Yeah. It is not about them. It is not about they. It is about God's creation. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I am deeply grateful. Let us pray. Lord, we are sorry. If we have made it about us in any way, we're so grateful because of what Jesus has told us and what Jesus is helping us to see through his life. Father, we pray that Jesus Christ will be the message. And may we find redemption, may we find forgiveness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel Podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday. <laughs>